One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Lou Goen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm excited about talking more about Unforgiven 2006. <laughs> I'd be more excited if it was all in. Mm-hmm. But seeing that that didn't win the Patreon poll, we are reviewing Unforgiven 06 with such classic matches as the Spirit Squad. Versus the Highlanders. A tag team that you had never seen before, that being the Highlanders, of course. Yep, I had no idea Umaga had a manager. <laughs> this is this is all new stuff for it's me. It's new exciting territory. to learn. Yes, yeah, so and what what high quality wrestling at all is. If you're unsure of what we're talking about, uh, we have a Patreon, and on that show, uh, on that Patreon rather, we have a bonus podcast where Ollie and I review. Pay-per-views from wrestling's past that's as voted for by our Patreon Pledge Hammers. And this month it was voted to be Unforgiven 06, which won by All In. Which won (laughs) over All In. And there's quite a bit of controversy surrounding it. I'm actually going to release the opening like 20-odd minutes as a freebie in the podcast feed. As a bit of a bit of a soup song. A juicy morsel. Exactly. A little free taster to then make you go and uh, subscribe Mm. to our Patreon. Because that's what people love. A lot of inane chat about the specifics of a Patreon poll. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what they'll our Patreons... Convert. Oh, They'll definitely convert. They will... Oh, in their droves. Mm. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm actually going to wager every single person who listens to it. Yeah? Yeah. That's a lot of Patreons. <laughs> um, we had an email in from someone who calls themselves Jewel Runner, um, who said, Hi, Lick. I'm a SWAF Nation member, Jewel Runner, and today I went to the Big Eason store in Belfast City to purchase my copy of the Rest Talk magazine. 16 copies were all sold out. 16? Oh, well, that's good. 
I tried my local Sainsbury's in West Belfast. No luck there. Um, I continue into the giant neon plague that is Tesco Extra past 8pm. It's my only hope of procuring the finest reading materials for my trip to Germany tomorrow. Feel free to read this out. I uh, hope it sends some good news your way for all the deserves, uh, for the success you deserve. Keep up the consistent consistency, Jewel Runner. Well, that's good to know that we're we're big in Ireland. <laughs> we are. <laughs> there's more to Ireland than this. Yes, there's also Pearshers. <laughs> Genuinely one of my favourite partridge things ever. Mm. There's more to Oiland than this. So, last week you and I were having the discussion about how progressive schools might be uh, in this day and age. And we have had some more correspondence on this. Because when I went to school... Everyone was just awful to each other. Yes. Which uh, which was enormously fun. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's character building. Although I'm definitely sure a lot of people had to repress who they truly were, which well, the, isn't as nice. Exactly. This is what we were talking about. If you uh, haven't heard last week's show, we were discussing that back when we were kids, you would just throw around gay very liberally to be like, oh, that's gay. That's a bit gay, that. Don't be gay. There'd also been liberal use of the N-word. Oh. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't as much of or a... the P-word. What's the P-word? The one for, for Indian people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that feels... I mean, I never... That always weirdly felt too far for me at the time. But um, the N-word was used so much in the rap culture that I'd listened to. And also, again, Shaun of the Dead. What's up? You know, when yeah. he gets out of the car. And Quentin Tarantino movies. Totally. Well... Uh, I would use it ironically, of course. Uh, Hayden uh, not as Not as touch. a hate speech. <laughs> Aiden gets in touch, who is um, our Discord moderator, Iconic Pancake, mm. uh, who says, To Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Pete, and Andy. As someone who has been out of the closet for three years now as a bisexual, I feel like I can give some insight about how schools have changed from using any LGBT, LGBT terms as insult to being more accepting. Hey, don't go missing out the queue there. I'm, I'm just reading out their email. Uh, when I was in senior part of uh, high school life, in year 10 to be precise, I started to realise my sexuality for liking men and women in a romantic and sexual way. I first came out to a small group of friends that were very accepting of this announcement. The more I opened up to, them, to more people, the more comfortable I became. There were some random students in my year uh, who did come up to me and ask if I actually was bisexual. They didn't ask in a rude manner, but they were actually just curious. So whenever I told them, yes, the rumours were true, they always complimented me for being so open. You, you could even to... say they were bi-curious. I like what you because did Because they were curious, curious about, about whether it. you were bisexual. Exactly. Mm. Uh, if you want to know anything else about the LGBT community, I would ha- be happy to help you guys. Well, that's good. Again, that's more evidence that uh, kids aren't just awful to each other anymore, and they really have become a more socially accepting gang, mm-hmm. which is which is. Good to hear. Well, uh, Jem has also got in touch. Um, Jem, you might remember, is the uh, Podswafter member that you uh, made an enemy of Mm. because they recently emailed in to say how excited they were to have something mentioned that you two have very much in common. And you said... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're an idiot. Well, well, I think you're, you're exaggerating it slightly. I merely pointed out that most people who are raised in different countries but learn in international schools have American accents because the teachers often have American accents. Mm-hmm. And Jim was very excited about this. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I think it's just Jim. Is it just Jim? Yeah. But to pronounce it correctly, wouldn't it be a Jim? I mean, I don't if know. If it's Turkish. I mean, you're... you're ins- I live in North London. <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of Turkish people. 
Uh, anyway, he says, hey, Wrestle Talk crew. Hope you're all having a great day. Except for Ollie, obviously. <laughs> um, as a 15-year-old high school student myself, I'm writing in regards to the conversation uh, you had using the term gay in high school, etc. Uh, as it is 2019 and the world is slowly becoming more progressive and an accepting place, I can happily say there are quite a few openly gay people at my school. However, this does not mean that the term gay isn't used negatively at schools anymore. Now, at my school, whenever we hang out with the boys, if someone or says or does something that even remotely suggests homosexual behavior, this is replied to by a chorus of, that's gay, mate, or you're gay, etc. When we're saying things like these, my friend group and I know uh, that no one in our friend group is gay, therefore we say things lightheartedly knowing they won't be offending anyone. However, previously within some friend groups of my school, the term gay had been used as something negative rather than the actual meaning of the word, and being gay was characterized as a negative by these same people. Thankfully, my school has a very good program to emotionally support... Hmm. He's written mostly support gays at our school. I'm not sure you can say. Can you well, just say the word? Can I say supporting I the gays? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> and also educate students about why thinking uh, of being gay as negative is not cool. I think it's people of gayness. Isn't it? <laughs> you say that now is the correct term. <laughs> gay Americans. Yeah. Um, I think this term has really helped some people at my school and also developed my, uh, the mindset of some of the more shallow-minded people. Uh, in the current day, being gay is certainly not thought to be a negative at my school, and even though occasionally someone will make it the that's-so-gay joke, it's never meant to harm or offend anyone. Keep up the consistent and entertaining work. Ollie Davis is number one hater gem. <laughs> no, yeah, I would certainly say that when, uh, sort of back in the 90s and the sort of early 2000s, when saying, oh, that's gay... It was never also meant to as a hurtful or harmful thing towards gay people. It was just, it was just a term that was used yeah, but, in a negative conversation. But it's totally loaded. But that's it's totally that's the problem, yeah. is it? But like you know, we, I was an idiot child and didn't know any better. Mm. Uh, and then as I've grown more, as I've grown older and realised that was a wrong thing, so we're like, oh, I was a terrible person for things, those sorts of things. So I've got a question for our, our younger listeners. Then, mm-hmm. if those aren't the words you use. In, in like to, to make fun of people because I'm presuming kids still make fun of each other one, you got one we one make fun of each other oh yeah what do you use it's the only reason Pete's still employed do you just floss <laughs> do you just floss at each other I don't know how it works yeah I mean I, w- I always thought the bullying at school had become so much worse than it was when you and I were kids because of social media it's basically like when you I was can't a can't escape well that's it, yeah. it when I was a kid once school hours had finished I'd you know, be beaten up on the way home but then I'd get home and I'm alright but now like you know you're being beaten up 24-7 via words over zeros and ones airplane mode fixed <laughs> move on next problem ah Ollie Davis sorting out everyday problems one at a time Rumble. Luke one at a time <laughs> Well, we're going to get into the uh, main bulk of the show now, but you remember last week we had an email in from uh, Luke Chador, who he was part of the furry community, and you said, (gasps) and we both said, we'd like to learn more. Oh, we have had a reply. Better include an invite. So, we'll get to that email in the second half of this show, but for now, The Fiend has invaded Raw. Here's the show. So, The Fiend really was, yet again, the the most dominating thing in the background of all of the episode. Quite rightly so. Uh, started off, technically, the show 
ended the show just like last week ended the show. So last week's episode ended with that Firefly Funhouse loop playing after the fiend <laughs> jumped Kane. And this week's episode, after some people were saying, oh, it seemed like a production error. Oh, why were the graphics upside down there? This guy's prediction was right. The fiend is slowly taking over the production truck because the, you know, the then, Look, there's Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> the leader of the women's revolution. The opening sting kept distorting and twisting and slowing down. You can see a little bit of the W there in, in, in a screenshot when it kind of went a bit more scratchy. It was excellent. Yeah, it was, it was really a cool. Really, really cool opening to the show. Just set you up for the show, really. Yeah, and it really starts to drop in these bits of the fiend slowly taking over Monday Night Raw and that side of WWE. And then at the end of the night, we also got Bray the fi- as the fiend coming in at the last moment of Seth versus Braun, which was set up at the start of the show. Braun seemingly had it won. He had Seth up on his shoulder to hit a power slam, but then chug chung, chug chung, lights go out and the lights come back up. Mm. Bray's fingering Braun's mouth. Oh, yeah. He's got it right in there and he's fingering him hard and Braun's like, no. And it was so effective because Braun never really sells stuff. Unless he's running into posts. Well, yeah. Yeah, the posts are the, the kryptonite of the big man. Yeah. But he, what I really loved about this is the fiend looks so awesome because he he went over Braun so strongly here, but then also because Braun then got back up, like that first mandible claw didn't put Braun down completely. Braun get got back up, and Bray kind of positioned himself between Seth and Strowman, and I took that to mean, and I think I'm correct here, going by what happened in Firefly Funhouse, Seth is mine, and this is what I was saying last week. This is why I. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Kane thing. I felt he should be going after the people that are attacking Seth because Seth, he wants Seth to himself. And so I thought it was weird that they didn't do it last week. And then when they did Firefly Funhouse, it was like, no, 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 I, I just, Seth is mine. I, Seth is all mine. I want him to myself. So I loved the angle they did with Braun where he, as you said, got in between the two of them being like, no, 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 you're not going to hurt him because I want him. Yeah. And next week, you can imagine he's going to do the same thing to, to Reg Mysterio in their match. Because he's like, no, I don't, want, I don't want you to win the title. I want to win the title. Well, I don't. Th- what I, mean, I love about this so much is I don't think it's about no, the so, championship. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's not about the championship. It's like, you're not beating him. That's me. I'm going to do that. I can't believe I'm saying this as well. I'm sure people can go back in archives and say, well, you said it should always be about the title here, here, here <laughs> and here. The Fiend is something quite special, I would argue. And he has the ability within his character to make, like, to not really care about the title, but that doesn't make the title feel any less more important. No. There was a real fun thing. You talked about how, like, Firefly Funhouse and, and The Fiend and Bray was kind of all over this show, right at the start, in the middle, and at the end. So much so was the Firefly Funhouse one of the most pushed things on this show. There was a graphic that came up in the show that said, Firefly Funhouse coming up next. And what actually happened next was Lacey Evans versus Ember Moon. But Michael Cole was like, don't worry, folks. Firefly Funhouse is coming as soon as this match ends. With a go- Please don't change the channel. Please don't change the channel. I promise you the good thing is coming. We've got a quota to fill with women's <laughs> matches. Well, don't worry. We'll, we, we get through it. It was actually quite a good match. Really Ember good. Moon was excellent. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about that Firefly Funhouse segment. It opens with Bray on the wall of friendship. And he's put up Kane, like a picture of Kane from last week. You might think... How can they make it possibly more creepy? Because all of those people had their eyes crossed out. 
Well, by drawing fangs on Kane mm -hmm. and the Illuminati eye pyramid on yeah. Kane's forehead. There's just too much occult symbolism now <laughs> to mean that Triple H isn't also involved in this. But I love as well because he's hanging up an empty frame. Because he's like, you know, the wall of friendship's very full. But there's always room for one more. And he's just like a big smile and a laugh. Yeah. But then he turns round and there's Huskus the pig boy and Rambling Rabbit the puppets fighting over a Seth Rollins action figure. Yeah, where's our Seth Rollins action figure? Oh, we can yeah, we could have used them. You uh, filled some, I was trying to find him. And, uh, like, both... Rambling Rabbit and Huskus say to Bray, well, we love Seth now because this is the good side of the fiend. They're all like, hey, we're all friends. We can't wait for, for Rollins to join us here and we can play with him forever. That's so creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I can't and, find the figure. And then um, Br Bray essentially tells the judgment of Solomon, which is the old Bible parable of, or fable, parable. It's a parable if it's in the Bible, isn't it? And... That, that's where a, a, an old king, well, Solomon, said to these two women who both claim to be the mother of a baby, well, okay, we'll cut the baby in half and you each get a bit. And one of the women goes, yes, half a baby. That's what I wanted. When the other one's like, oh, my God, no, I love my baby. If, if that's the way, you just take the whole baby. And then King Solomon goes, huh, you're the real mother then because you don't want to cut your baby in half and divide it amongst yourselves. So that's essentially what Seth does here with, oh, you're meant to share. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, and he's talking to the puppets about working together and stuff. But he goes, oh, I've got an idea. Just snap Seth Rollins in half anyway and both give them... Both gives them both a piece to share. I also liked as well. He was talking about how you should never become too attached to anything. Mm. Talking about Seth Rollins, and you know, because they we're big fans of him, we want to be friends. Like you should never get too attached. To it. You become vulnerable, neglect, disappointment, loneliness. I know what it's like to be abandoned. Oh, oh this is quite yeah. chilling. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to be abandoned by those who love you the most. Yeah, and you know, for me, that ties in directly to him attacking Braun, Braun Strowman even though WWE don't really make a thing of it at all, was part of the Wyatt family. And it's like, it's, there's so many layers to this. And that's because Bray has weaved such a rich tapestry behind his character. Completely. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And then at the end, he's just like, see ya, see ya in hell. After yeah. sort of a very aggressive stare down the camera. It's great. I, I, I thought this was another excellent edition of Firefly Funhouse. I just, and it's because I love the world. I mm. love the, the world it is, he's created. The, the more the world has gone on, the more we've learned things about these characters and really who these characters are. They're actually just fragments of his personality that have manifested themselves into these weird puppets. So it's just it's interesting to watch Bray interact with these other parts of his personality and then just be very super creepy when saying like this awesome verbiage because Bray's always been a great promo that's one of his biggest strengths yeah. he's a great wrestler but man he was such a good promo problem was he was given nonsense promos when he was with the Wyatt family and on his own that they just all they'd lost all meaning they were just words but here all of the words do actually mean something and they're all building towards something interestingly one of the bits I like the most about this was the absence of words. Last week when The Fiend appeared, Michael Cole immediately was like, oh my God, it's The Fiend. <laughs> the Fiend is on the Raw. The Fiend is going to attack Kane. Ooh, look at him. He's so scary and intimidating. But this week, as soon as The Fiend appeared, it was as if someone told Michael Cole, okay, now shut the 
Yeah, you okay. do not say anything. Don't say anything. I want to hear Seth scream. There was no commentary for that whole last bit where the fiend was attacking them. I just thought that it works so much better. I I was of the opinion that they shouldn't have any commentary at all for the Finn Balor match at SummerSlam. <laughs> the fiend is so good. You, the commentary takes away from it. Unless you've got an amazing commentary team, which WWE either don't have or don't allow their commentators to be. Well, we might end up not having Cole doing um, Bray commentary anymore, I suppose, if he's going to move mm. over to SmackDown. And Bray very much feels like a raw character at the moment, whether that changes in the draft. Fox or WWE on Fox, the Twitter account, was promoting uh, The Fiend, which has led a lot of people to think that he might also end over on SmackDown. But you've got to reach a certain point where you're like, you can't put every all of your stars onto that one show because then what happens to Raw? I mean, granted, that's what they used to do for Raw back in the day. Yeah, and also you might sit back and go, "Look, WWE, you can't have Raw win every Survivor Series match." <laughs> oh yeah. So the, the other thing that people have brought up here, and and we probably should address it because we were so positive and high on Seth Rollins's performance last week, where he was kind of like shivering, not looking at Bray. He was petrified and paralyzed in fear i thought it worked last week this week it it didn't work as well i'm it's not gonna say it was bad he was screaming yeah and it was like it was like a, and that's hard to act mm. and i think that's where it falls down because when i when he was screaming i didn't think oh you're scared i thought you're acting and there's, it's a very difficult thing to do to act like you're genuinely scared of something. Like when you think, when you, you've ever had a, a nightmare that was so scary that you've actually sort of woken yourself up by screaming or like, I mean, it happens to me quite a bit. Like I just sort of jolt out a bit and be like, ah, you know, and then sort of, and scream. I, if you asked me to act that out, I'd really struggle to do that. And that's where I think this fell down. It's Seth is not an actor. Mm. He's a wrestler. And you've asked him to act like he's seeing the most scary thing in the world. So he just goes, well, I'll just, I'll scream. I was going, ah, ah, John, ah, John, <laughs> It's uh, because, Bray, it, it's a ridiculous scenario, let's be honest. I love The Fiend. It's ridiculous, though. And I, I actually did something I, I don't usually do. I went onto Twitter afterwards, <gasps> and I, I just, I was curious about people I don't follow their reaction. And a lot of the reaction was, wow. If you don't like The Fiend, like I don't, this Raw sucked. So, like, it definitely is a Marmite character. If you're not into The Fiend, you're probably going to hate all the stuff involving him. Like, I love The Undertaker, but as soon as he goes properly supernatural and those lightning bolts hit in the ring, I'm out, and I mm -hmm. hate it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just... It is ridiculous, but Bray is performing it so well, and he's in that world that I believe in him, like the, the verisimilitude of it all. So when you've got someone who's not performing at that level, like Seth's reaction here, it really punctures the whole believability of it. To your point, actually, when you're talking about um, it, it, people not like a bit of a Marmite character, I can really see the both sides of this, because I have this with Deadpool. I'm, I'm not a Deadpool fan. But I understand there are people who absolutely love him. And like you were just saying then, when I look at Deadpool, I'm like, okay, well, I can see how dedicated Ryan Reynolds is to that character. I can see how that world works. And actually, it's really, really good. It's just it doesn't work for me, and I don't like that character. I find him obnoxious and annoying. So when people are watching this Raw and being like, I don't like The Fiend, so this episode sucks, I'm like, yeah, I totally get that, because there have been times when Deadpool has shown up in comics, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally out of this comic now because I don't want him there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's... It's it's a 
that kind of character that the fiend is is dialed up to eleven. So if you don't like it, you're going to be massively yeah. put off by it. It's and not like King Kong. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, and now we've got to say thanks to our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. So thank you, Ari Feldberg up ahead. Yes, Whoa. there it is. The Raven, Chris Alexander. Yes. Whoa. The real Ollie Davis. What the <laughs> hell? Never wrong, Tyler Wright. Whoa, yeah. I'm thinking of changing to a, a Phoenix Wright reference. Fist full of crisps, Chris Christofferson. What's that from? That was a that was his name suggestion. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Like a crab. Like a crab, you get it? Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Lena, he's leaner no than Finn Balor. You ready, Randy? Uh, I am ready. Sorry, I was I had your dock open, Luke, and it wasn't there. Um praise him, Jonathan Priestern. Yeah, oh, yes. nice. The Grifter, Jarrett Vandercrift. Oh, yes. Michael Miss Lain McKees. Well, yeah. Don't know where to put him. Where'd I put him? Uh tantalizing Travis Mangtolo. Nice. Red Omega! Runs for Jan. Oh, yes. I um, have not stopped thinking about um, doing the Hollywood handshake like the uh, the Rainmaker. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shaker! <laughs> it's going to happen tonight. Uh, sorry, Clarence Razor Callahan. Yeah. yeah. Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And he's a sexy man. 
not an Andrew Grossman. Yes, Andrew Grossman. Thank you all so much for your generous donations on Pledge Hammer Patreon. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Uh, so let's see what you guys think of the fiend by going over to the s- 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 super chats with mm. Randy Andy Datsun. Yes, well, thank you very much for everyone welcoming me back and people suggesting that I am the Brock Lesnar of Wrestle Talk. <laughs> rarely shows up, and someone saying I have a shaving cream vo- uh, advert voice. So that was very nice. Yeah. I also think that's very unfair to say that you never show up because you work so hard on the website. <laughs> yeah, I am here. I'm. I'm pretty much. If if you look at the camera, if you. If it was, if you could sort of X-ray through that wall, you'd probably see me sitting mm. at my desk. Oh so. yeah, forever working. Yeah. Well, whenever anybody takes a day off, they could be gone for six hours, and and usually the audience goes, "Well, Brock Lesnar over here." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we will start off with Jobber JJ. He says, "Have you listened to Melton Alvarez talking about the main event slash the Fiend? If so, what are your thoughts? How show matches they are doing DQ finishes?" Mm, so we've got more on this in Luke's news episode later today. Uh, yeah, some stuff went down after Raw. Uh, I I think it's totally fine um, because it's a dark match. It's not really meant for main continuity. It's non-canon. And it seems like it was a mistake. So they had the right idea, but... Yeah. I, I, I just think, he, yeah, it's, it's non-canon. In the same way house shows are effectively non-canon. No one on this show was talking about how EC3 won the 24-7 title three times on the house show loops last week. It's because it's non-canon. It doesn't count. Yeah. Um, Mrs. S says, do you think Ray is winning to take the title away from The Fiend? Ooh. No, I think it's just more of the no. Ray redemption storyline. When, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as I saw Ray was in that match, because funny enough, me and Andy were talking about this yesterday, just before I left the office, I said, what's your prediction for the Fatal Five way? And me and Andy were trying to work out who the five people were. We could only remember, <laughs> we could only remember four of them, and the one we forgot was Ray. But really, if we'd have remembered Ray, I'd have been like, oh yeah, well Ray's winning then, because mm. he's got the redemption storyline. And he is another legend that The Fiend can attack. I, as soon as Ray won, I was like, ah yeah, it's because he's a legend that The Fiend can destroy next week. Uh, Tyler Hayes says before Seth's match with Braun he said that win or lose against Ray next week he isn't looking forward to facing the Fiend in Hell in a Cell do you think WWE is trying to book themselves out of a corner to avoid Fiend versus uh, Fiend versus Brock no I, I think that it's the other way they're trying to book themselves to get a rating this week with the five way number one contenders match and and get something for next week for their season premiere season premiere was heavily used on this episode. Yeah, someone counted. It was 26 times. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, apparently. Oh, my God. Season premiere. <laughs> and Oh, sorry. I thought I was getting switched to there. I think uh, the... Yeah, so, so it was more of a way to get a, a rating like that, and it won't affect anything for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, and they got a new logo. Did you see the new logo? Did indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, Raw did. Yeah, yeah. yeah next week, they... To debut the new graphic on the, yeah, the has show. Like, it's basically raw with an arrow underneath it. Yeah. Nice. If you go on WrestleTalk.com, you'll be able to find it. Uh, Sparks says, I really want to see Fiend take out both Lesnar and Heyman next week. I just hope this isn't leading to Hell in a Cell interference from everyone he has put down. Ooh. Yeah. Because I mean, it's... The idea of the, doing the DQ finish, it's very difficult to do because they are in Hell in a Cell, but having said that, last year's ended in a no contest, so it's always possible, I yeah. guess. But oof. 
People, I, I just find that every time we we try to think of an alternative to Bray winning, it's just a worse idea than the one we had previously. Yeah, there is only one way. <laughs> there is only one right way here. Yeah, I, I like the new Raw logo. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. I also actually I like the way that the graphics are displayed and the way they've got like really mm. cool transitions for yeah. them. I think it's nice. Uh, Henry Casares says, "Already got my tickets. Your boy will be at Raw next week." So, oh, well, for the season, season premiere. premiere. Season premiere. I wonder if they're going to boo Hogan as well. Mm. <laughs> uh, Ed Fry says, A year ago, you would have laughed if told Bray would be the most over thing in WWE, but not anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. time he was sort of gone for three months after a very short-lived and never that over deleters of world t- world's tag team and before that he would had that one month wwe championship run and the fart of a feud with randy orton well, it started out as a really strong on, man it started off as a really good fart that was an and excellent then, six month storyline with two well six weeks of crap at the end yeah that's what i mean yeah. it started off as a really good and but then like all of a sudden there was a really nasty smell at the end of it you're like actually i don't think i like that fart mm. at all King Rasta says, besides The Fiend, whose entrance music do you like? Uh, do you guys like? Personally, I love Andrade's Edge and CM Punk's old WWE theme. Uh, as of this week, Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good, is it? But that's the point, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Well, come on to Cor- King Corbin's tune Corbin's in a James. bit. Uh, Asuka's themes as a mm, belter. Da, da, da. Oh, glorious. <laughs> glorious is a song that I can play with other non-wrestling friends and well, they can sing along too. The only two wrestling themes I've ever had on my playlist are the original uh, Shinsuke Nakamura mm-hmm. and uh, Bailey's theme tune, which I'm slightly embarrassed by. That's a great track. Yeah, really good track. Uh, and the last one for now is Wilson Simon, who says, how much of The Fiend versus Seth is Bray and how much of it is Vince or Heyman? Huh. I suppose that'd be interesting. Could be whoever was the agent for the the house show matches. Oh, you mean in terms of what's in the actual ring? Oh, right. I yeah. You meant the oh, feud overall. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, the feud overall. I think uh, all of the segments and promos from Bray are coming from Bray, but I would say the overall direction is coming from Vince. I reckon with Heyman flourishes. I wonder if it's a combination of all three. It's Bray pitching ideas. Like, in terms of how The Fiend is presented, I'm mm. talking about. So the lights going ka-chung, ka-chung, ka-chung. And it's Vince then going like, okay, pal, how about this? And then Heyman being like, well, how about this? And we just sort of like, they all come together as one. They form like Voltron. But not Seth. Uh, probably not, though. No. Uh, we've already talked about the opening sting graphic being distorted by the fiend. And then we got what else? A Seth Rollins babyface promo recapping what I did recently. Yeah. But at least he was selling uh, how scared he is of the fiends. Yeah, yeah, he that's good. He wasn't being his usual, like, beast slayer on the ramp and stuff. He was kind of selling it, and then he got to the ring, and yeah, he calls him. That's the recap. Said, uh, I've been here a lot over the last seven years, but I've seen nothing like I saw last week. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. I, I, I just phase out. Like, <laughs> as soon as he starts... If I see Seth Rollins come down at the start of Raw, I'm like, okay, so a main event's going to be set up now. Uh, and he's going to talk about what happened last week in a way that no human being talks like. Yeah, because then Braun comes out and um, he says, if Seth has something to say about him, said to my face, I'm like... Was he talking about Braun? Yeah, did Seth miss a line? And then they referenced 
something that must have happened last it week. It was Seth's promo last week yeah. where he said, I hope I don't have to face Braun again. Yeah, and, and Braun's like, oh, so you mean you're, I, you're stopping me from getting a title shot? And Seth's like, no, man, I, just, I was putting you over. You were really good. Yeah. Jeez. But they're going to have a match tonight. Yeah, effectively. So... But they, they did kind of bring in a bit of the Raw Tag Team Championship stuff. Like, Seth was like, oh, are you annoyed that we were the Raw Tag Team Champions and now we're not? And Braun's like, uh, no. really, I forgot about that, actually. Actually, I beat up all the Tag Team Division last week. Yeah. So, what what a really productive use of the Tag Division that was. I was so high on that angle at the start as well. Mm. Well, because it had so much potential and promise that they didn't use. Uh, and one of the main victims of that was in the next match, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who really should still be the tag team champions. E- well, you've got to put over Rude and Ziggler. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I do like how much of a push Robert Rude is getting. Oh, yeah. I feel like they are trying to make him something at the moment. But that tag champ uh, now feels like an anchor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dragging him backwards. Uh, but the OC, with you know, the Galanderson version of the OC, took on the Viking Raiders next in what was a really good tag match and probably the best use of the Viking Raiders since they've been called up. I've written here, best Viking Raiders match since coming to the main roster. Yeah. Easily the best match they've had. Also, we've got our new music for Galanderson. Mm, the OC version. Yeah, woefully generic. Yeah, the, since CFO Money left WWE's production. Uh, I believe it's just CFOs. CFOs. Someone corrected us in the uh, uh, comments, I believe, on a previous video where we called them CFO money. But I think it's just CFOs, but they instead of an S, they use the dollar sign. I'm just going to say CFO dollar sign then. Yeah. That's okay, yeah, isn't that's it? Yeah, that's fine. Confers. Yeah. Confers. Since they left the music production department, which is public, they've talked about it themselves, all the new themes since have been really bad. I don't think they've bought anyone new in to like do themes they've just found like they just like googled royalty free music on youtube <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just taking anything it's like an indie promotion mm. at this point uh but the that th- this was a really good match in terms of the viking raiders connecting with the crowd they've had so many squash matches which in theory on paper should do exactly that it's working with heavy machinery because they but both those teams have got such good move sets and such impressive sort of physicality to them. Yeah. That that makes the crowd excited to see those spots. With heavy machinery it's worked, with Viking Raiders it just hasn't. And WWE kept doing it even though it wasn't connecting properly. And they they've been putting a six man tag here and there, but this was the first time where I was like, damn. I thought it was so good. Yeah, they were the, the hot tags were really good. The use of the Viking experience finisher was really mm. good because um because Hanson did the Viking experience and then Rowe did the big dive. Oh, it was so cool. So it was a really, really cool finishing sequence. I thought Galanderson didn't really lose anything from the match because it was like a big, bruising fight and they got a couple of near falls themselves. I thought both teams looked really, really great coming out of it. They didn't lose anything in this match. No, but they've lost everything previously. Yeah, so it's just, it's just another loss for Galanderson. You shouldn't have re-signed, folks. Well, it's what you get for being henchmen. Mm. Uh, but AJ Styles was out there initially, and the referee threw him out up because he was interfering, and he walks out. And who should jump him but Cedric Alexander? What a dick. Mm. He had no, like, no reason to attack that man. It's like, mate, you keep losing. And it's, and it's your fault you keep losing. It's not, AJ's not cheating. You just keep losing. To be fair, AJ did beat him up after the match last week. But it didn't feel... I did, you know, like, all of Cedric's momentum has been taken out. And 
they're like, no, no, he's still good. It was lip service. Yeah. And it didn't follow up. Like th- There was no follow-up the rest of the night. No. Well, AJ mentioned it in a promo, but he did say, Cedric's rubbish. Yeah. I've got, I've got bigger fish to fry later on tonight. I don't know what he did wrong backstage. Maybe he sneezed. <laughs> Poor guy oh, had the flu, what if came he, into work. He sneezed on a bad sandwich. Uh, yeah, so then we got Robert Roode and Charlie Caruso backstage, and Roode points out he's already beaten Seth Rollins in a tag match for the tag titles. I did, yeah, it really feels like... Rude's getting a bit of a showcase, or it could be a three-week push. Well, apparently he's a Heyman guy. So, and Good. Heyman, um, Meltzer reported this weeks and weeks ago that, that Heyman really likes him. They also said the same thing in The Observer about Cedric Alexander. Well, hopefully he's a Vince guy as well, then. It, I mean, it looks like Triple H. You'd think he <laughs> would be. Uh, then we got Becky Lynch, and this was a very Paul Heyman move. A backstage pre-taped sit-down interview between... No, it wasn't pre-taped. It was live. It was live, Michael was Cole said... I'm going backstage now to speak with Becky Lynch. And then uh, during the Rusev EC3 Mm. match, Cole wasn't on commentary. Oh, well, there you go. I just assumed it was pre-taped. But this was very good. Becky's an excellent promo. Oh, yeah, so good. And she, the Becky-Sasha stuff hasn't been, it's been good, but I wouldn't say it's a must-see feud. It's nowhere near the level it could be, Mm -hmm. considering Sasha's heel turn, the history they have together. But Becky did the best thing in a wrestling promo, and that's make me want to see her beat the heel. Michael Gold did have a incredibly stupid question, though, where he said, are you worried about your match at Hell in a Cell with Bailey getting involved? I was like, what, in, in a Hell in a Cell match? What are you talking about, Cole? And if that, that could either be a really stupid question or a very observant question, <laughs> because everyone gets involved in Hell in a Cell matches. In, you gotta, in theory, they don't. I was going to say, you've got to put over the stipulation, surely, that it's supposed to keep people out, but people keep getting in. But you don't highlight the fact mm. that it's actually completely ineffectual. Because otherwise, you may as well say that about every cage match. You'd be like, what if the person just climbs over the top? Well, but now, now you've said that, that makes me... I was going to say Becky had a really good line, but now you've said that. It's totally ridiculous <laughs> because she, Becky says, look, the point isn't keeping Bailey out. It's keeping Sasha in. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's badass. You don't care if loads of people try and beat you up. You're going to take them all on, but you want to beat up Banks the most. But by that logic, if Bailey has gotten in, Sasha can run out. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one year? Oh, well. That one year where uh, I think it was the Undertaker came like ripped up through the mat during the Elimination Chamber. Like no one talks about the Elimination Chamber being like, oh, what if someone rips up through the mats? No, because they the, should do. The idea is you're all locked inside. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Rusev versus EC3. No Maria with Rusev. Oh, no. What did Ollie <laughs> say last week? It's not a management thing. It's not. It's gonna be. It was just a way to get Rusev returning. Uh, I don't know why they did it because it completely flattened out the surprise of his return because everyone was just asking, "Wait, so huh? what about Lana? Is he the dad? What, it's, but where's he been? I mean, what a mustache! He's still in great shape. Uh, he has a match with EC3. EC3 posted something on Twitter that was effectively. Dude, I just got back from Asia. I literally just got off the plane. And he just walked straight into this squat, this squash match. Yeah, Rusev just squashed him. Yeah. Uh, the crowd were chanting for Lana. Because yeah. this return has been very effective. Yeah, this was this was no good. Considering where Rusev could be. And yeah, because we 
few people came under, well, we came under fire a little bit saying like, oh, you can't say that they botched this return. They haven't done anything yet. It was like, well, that's kind of the point is they haven't done anything yet. Like if they'd have brought Sasha Banks back and just had her do squash matches for a few weeks, we'd have gone like, it's not the most effective way to bring someone back and mm. like really put them over. And it's the same with Rusev. He's been gone for months and months and months. Don't just bring him back and have him do squash matches because that's not what we need to see him do right now. Also, when we say they botched his return, I'm not saying the return is like this indefinite amount of time of storyline progression. The, the return angle, <laughs> yeah. the very segment where Rusev wasn't with the company for a while and then he walked through the Tridentron doors, or curtain, that was the return. That was definitely botched. Uh, then we got Rey Mysterio telling... Ooh, no, he was just talking straight yeah, to it was the a, camera. Yeah, it was straight to camera. It was pretty cool. And he said, I'm going to dedicate the five-way win to you, Dominic. Yeah, because it's crazy. Just a few weeks ago, I nearly retired, but it was a moment of weakness, and I'm here because of my son, Dominic. So I'm dedicating this match to you, my son, Dominic, which I'm pretty sure is, actually, is his name. <laughs> Season premiere, Raw. <laughs> I... which, we've been saying it wrong. It's, it's Myson. It's his, first name is, his first name is Myson. So his name is Myson Dominic. Myson Dominic. That's that's a sort of late two thousands <laughs> developmental that's, name. That's original NXT. It's a Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> yeah. I I I'm actually really surprised by how restrained they're being over this because at the start of the year Dominic was awkwardly everywhere. Then he just disappeared. What they're doing now is, I mean, I hope. If this is a storyline that pays off around Mania time, they are doing some excellent drip feeding of Dominic into, into the, the sort of raw world where he's here he is one week. You don't see him for another few, but he's mentioned by Ray. It's built up as, a, as an idea that's important to Ray. So when that eventual biggie, I mean, Dominic heel turn <laughs> happens, yeah. it's going to mean a lot. Oh, I can't wait for Mice and Dominic to, to Mice turn him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross. For the first time ever. They yeah, put this match got a lot of time as well. Hmm. Um, but never fully connected with the crowd. I didn't no. hate it. Yeah, it was crowds were very quiet for a mm. lot of this. But they did go through like two commercial breaks, I think. Mm. Uh, it, it's a shame, like out of the two, I would have had Ember Moon and Lacey Evans go long. Yeah, totally. Because I'm really into Lacey Evans at the moment and I love Ember's style of wrestling. This match... I get that you're trying to do something with the women's tag champions, but Sasha's the one with the Hell in a Cell match coming up. She should beat her quicker. It, I, yeah. I, like, at the end of this match, I just felt like Bailey looked weak because, again, she was just laying out by Alexa Bliss at ringside very easily. And even though Sasha beat Cross and then beat up Bliss afterwards, I'm like, but it took you quite a long time to beat her as well mm. so yeah I just again the, the idea behind every weekly segment or match is to make the wrestlers look better than they did before or at least more over in their particular capacity and this didn't and it didn't really build any storylines I'm going to disagree with you ever so slightly mm. because I thought they the commentary were doing such a hard sell of how resilient Nikki Cross is and the problem with that is that we're also doing that with Chad Gable and Rey Mysterio on the same night. So you can't keep telling them, like, look how much of an underdog they are. She's an underdog. They're an underdog. He's an underdog. Because that's the way WWE feels at the moment. There's underdogs and there's overdogs. Mm. And the big the, dogs. And, the, and what? The big dogs are above oh, them. Oh, he's the chief dog. And so, so Nikki was once again the underdog of this match. So I thought they were doing uh, quite a lot to try and 
make her feel like she was on Sasha Banks's level, which is good because that kind of puts over the women's tag team titles. It also means that Banks and Bailey are also feuding with the women's tag champs as well as with the Raw Women's Champion and Bailey's the SmackDown Women's Champion. So there's some crossover storyline stuff going. So I'm I'm not overly against this. I actually liked quite a lot of this. I wasn't massively into the match like, but I thought that the point <laughs> and results kind of furthered a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Some. And and Raw does have a lot of women's division storylines going on right now, which is nice to see. It's mm. not just the title one and something for Lacey Evans to do. It's like it feels like there, there are about four concurrent things going on, on on Raw alone. Yeah. Um I agree with everything you said. But I also just think Sasha, Sasha and Bailey are a money act, and they have just not been booked strong. Oh no, no, no. So, which is probably. I thought Banks was booked quite strong by the end of this match. There, Bailey, on the other hand, though, mm. gee, she's been booked into oblivion at the moment. Uh, so the then we got the OC AJ Styles being brilliantly cocky backstage with the club, and talking about the five-way elimination match later on. They did a nice job building this up. Every every participant got a little backstage bit before yeah. the match. Uh, then the Street Profits. Well, before that, WWE, oh, was there something else? they were bragging about their social media followers because mm. that is the most important metric in the world. Look at all these other things that we're better than. Yep, that's exactly it. And uh, they announced that Brock Lesnar is going to be on Raw next week for the season premiere. Yeah, uh, which which will likely be to set up a go. It's like a go home angle with Kofi yeah. for that Friday's. Uh, Fox premiere mm. season premiere of Smackdown absolutely how long's this season gonna last for until they get new branding again until we're the authority <laughs> who's the authority no now? that no that was that came like the mid-season point I think oh, that's becoming the authority yeah so is a season a year long they because they told me it's an unbroken form of weekly TV no this one is this season has been running as long as we had the new Papa Roach theme I think that's been this season. Okay. They did definitely say season before, didn't they? But it's, it's total it's, branding. Uh, it's only whenever it's a, the first yeah. episode of the season premiere, which is basically when there's like, here's our next reset button. To be fair, comics do that all the time. Oh, yeah. uh, we've run out of ideas. Should we just call them all number one again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, just cool. released uh, Spider-Man number one mm -hmm. again. Yeah, it happens every couple of years. Sliding timelines. It's absolutely fine. You know, he's still a teenager. It's absolutely fine. Homer Simpson graduated from high school in 2000. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so the Street Profits, they're running down the card, doing their usual Street Profits fun. And then the Miz walks in and says, hey, guys, got a baby daughter hey. again, which is a nice yeah. thing to say. And more importantly, next week's Smackdown for the season premiere. Next week's Fox, Raw. I thought it was SmackDown. No, it's on Raw. Oh, balls. Well, that might be wrong in my review. <laughs> uh, we'll have a very special edition of Miz TV with Ric Flair. Everyone cheered. Hey. And Hulk Hogan. Ooh. Did not get a warm reception, did Hulkster. Nope. They, yeah, it was a, a, more than a smattering, mm. but not 100%. Yeah. I would say, if I had to put a number on it, 63% booze. And it's just Flair and Hogan coming back again to just pop that rating. Hey, classic TNA rivalry, that is. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, they, they all introduced the Brock clip from the previous week to further hype SmackDown. Season premiere, season premiere. 
Lacey Evans then took on Ember Moon. So that was two singles women's matches in a row. I And I actually much preferred this match. I thought this match was very, very good. Yeah, it started out really hot. Yeah. Ember Moon just did this stiff drop kick to oh. Lacey's chin right out the gate. <laughs> right in the face. Which they did a slow motion replay of. And you can see like Lacey's <laughs> whole face ripple across. It was really, really good. And then also on the outside, Ember found herself sitting on the apron. And Lacey came over to, I don't know, pick her up. And Ember effectively turned that into an eclipse. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really annoying me because the, the commentators go like, I can't believe she hit a stunner out of nowhere. I was like, dude, it's her finishing move. Call it the eclipse. I mean, I guess the eclipse, you've got to sort of do a forward roll in the air. But it is I the, know, the, the I end know. of it. But actually, but I, again, I've got to put over Lacey Evans. Her slingshot drop kick is such a wicked move. It's, it's awesome. She does it so well. This is how Lacey Evans should have been booked from January. I know. You I feel like a broken matches. record saying it, but you're yeah. absolutely right. You keep having matches like this. You don't do any of the walkout nonsense. And then, as soon as Becky has won the title at WrestleMania, boom, there's your first challenger, Lacey Evans. Yeah. Bit of Asuka as well for the SmackDown side. Not only she's got to be in a tag team. Mm, good point. Kabuki. Kabuki! And Sounds uh, like a, <laughs> you celebrate. Hoppa! Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Um, and then... Uh, Moon was up on top. Lacey gave her the woman's rights so as she fell down. And then she locked in the sharpshooter and Moon tapped out. Sucks to be Ember Moon, but thought the match was pretty good. Mm. Natalia was watching all of this. Yeah, Ember's not blonde. Well, yeah, quite. Natalia was watching backstage and not Renee walked up to her about it and, you know, asked her, you know, hey, what do you think of her using the move? And Natalia said, well, she hasn't mastered the sharpshooter yet. And I'm like, she's won twice with it. I mean, what a way to bury Ember Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Emma's, Emma's rubbish. Oh, yeah. I mean, every, anyone would have tapped out to that. I, I, God, I didn't like this no. uh, at all. But be, for that, and also because Natalia is, is watching the TV with the most sort of S-word-eating grin. She's just there like... But it's also completely vacuous at the same time. Well, I was getting, My note here is, Natty is watching backstage with zero expression. Like, if you'd have, if you'd have mm. looked at that frame and you said... Tell me the story. Like, to someone who doesn't watch this show, tell me the story that she is trying to tell with that facial expression. No one would be able to tell you the story that she is telling. I thought there was a slight smile. If you asked me, I'd have gone, Lacey's her daughter? (laughs) She's happy for her? I don't know. It wasn't very good. But I am excited. They're doing a good job of building Lacey and Natalia as what what I hope will be a submission match by the end of this. Surely got to be, yeah. Uh, a sharp shoot on a pole match. It's just a shame that Ember had to sort of be fodder for that. Again, she's not blonde. Then we got Firefly Funhouse. We've already talked about that. An NXT recap in <laughs> online article form. I was going to say, I'm, I'm putting recap in big quotation marks there. That was one of the most cinematically clipped potential clip-heavy shows NXT have ever done as a weekly TV thing. And you did not show one clip. No. Nothing from that massive brawl. Nothing from Imperium. No Roderick Strong winning the United States... Oh, that's wrong. North North American American title. The Fatal 4-Way, which was really, really good. There was so much. You have got video editors by the million in in Stanford. Just put something together. Yeah. R-Truth and Carmella. A four-month story where Carmella really should have been the first ever 24-7 champion. Women's champion. Women's, yeah, yeah, you're right. Turning on truth. Because Robert Roode was the first ever 
first ever. And of course, we had, uh, was it Maria Canellis was the first? She was was the it Alundra Blaze? Uh, I think Alundra, no, was it? Kelly, Kelly Kelly was the first women's, yeah. and then Alundra Blaze won it. And then there was the Canellis stuff. Yeah. Well, Carmella, I think there was still money in a feud between the two. Yeah. Uh, even if it was all done for comedy. That's not what happened. R-Truth and Carmella just ran down to the ring here, chased by all the jobbers. Carmella's like, stop! I can't do this anymore! And they all stopped. Mm. The 24-7 title is ruining our lives and my life. I'm I'm out. And she sort of then rolls up Truth and becomes a new champion. And Truth looked shocked, but then very pleased that Carmella had won the title. And then, because now Carmella is champion, that opened the floodgates for all the jobber ladies to come down. So poor old Sarah Logan is now a part of that, along with the Iconics. And I believe Dana Brooke was also there. And they chased after them. And they tried to do a spot where Carmella was going to give Truth the piggyback but she couldn't quite lift him, so Truth had to give her the piggyback again. Mm. And I feel sorry for Sarah Logan in all of this. Yeah. Uh, that, and, that, and the Iconics. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, the Iconics are comedy characters anyway. But yeah, Dana Brooke makes sense. I would have said, actually, you're the first person out there. Yeah. But what does this mean for Carmella on SmackDown? Because last week, she helped Charlotte fight off Bailey and Sasha Banks. And I just kind of assumed that was going to be a thing. Maybe they're dropping that storyline. Or was it ever a storyline? I mean, if it wasn't ever a storyline, why'd you do it? (laughs) But they did the same with Rusev and Maria Canellis. That's very true. Yeah, let's just do things for the sake of doing them. Why bother with continuity? Maybe we're reading too much into this. Are we, though? Um, Are we, though? Are we reading? No, I'm saying, like, everything. Like, maybe it's time to just pack up and leave because they're just things that happen. Continuity ship Nothing has sailed. Nothing connects to anything. Ugh. Uh, Sasha and Bailey are backstage. They talk about how great they are. Sammy and Nakam- Sammy Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura are backstage. Sammy's hyping up Nakamura. You're an artiste. And Nakamura tells him to be quiet. So Sammy Zayn continues to do his hyping but whispers it instead. Comedy. Which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, that like I don't like them together because they're much better as solo acts, but they are very funny together. Sammy's Sammy great, yeah. He's great on the outside. Speaking of great together, two weeks in a row. Well, this wasn't match of the the night for me, but I enjoyed it tremendously. Chad Gable taking on Baron Corbin. King Corbin. So Corbin's now got a royal edit to his music. <laughs> it's it's quite bad. But like you say, I think it's intentionally quite bad. I'm actually going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's intentionally bad. Oh, yeah. As opposed to... I mean, having said that, they Mm. do do this a lot where they just stop one track and start another one because Fire and Desire have got the exact same thing. And that's not done for heat. That's done because they're bad at what they do. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt this is supposed to be bad and annoying. Yeah. And it's like the one thing about Baron Corbin that wasn't actually that heelish because it's a banging tune was his entrance theme. Yeah. It's the last Jim Johnston theme. Yeah. And now it's like you've got this awful regal bit in the, 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 you know, the listen to it. I'm not very good at describing it. But he's got a new uh, cape and a new scepter and a new crown. Very Game of Thrones style. It's It's sort of a fur cape, King of the North. Black Crown. I think, you know, of all the stupid King of the Ring outfits, this is pretty badass. It is. Does undermine uh, Chad Gable killing it all last week, though. Because 
They just got a new one. Yeah, but that's got. I mean, it would have been nice if we had some VTs earlier in the night of Corbin going out and saying, "Can you make me this one?" Can you? Yeah, as, like as Batman, a kingly, I want it in black. As a kingly thing, I want it in black or very, very dark grey. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they recap what happened on SmackDown, and uh, this was G- Gable comes down, and he is like really broken out of his shell. I guess is the story they're trying to tell from when he snapped on Corbin the previous week, because all before then, the month before then, he was very insular, very beaten down by everyone backstage, mm-hmm. really, because of how short he is. The match graphic, really funnily, had Chad Gable so far down the oh, screen. Yeah. And Baron Corbin was right. I did up. wonder that if they'd done that intentionally, but Seth was about the same height mm. as well because I think they wanted to make Braun look very, very tall in They're his shoot heights. Um, so I liked this segment a lot, and the crowd got so into oh Gable, God, yeah. massively into Gable because he is such a good babyface. Absolutely incredible at what he does. But can I pitch you a better version? Oh yes. What I feel would have been a better version of this, because Corbin's got this promo saying that. Don't worry, folks. This tonight's match is going to be very short. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I'm not going to wrestle anyone under 5'5 five, five ever again. Ha, ha, ha. Then he takes a long time taking off his robe, putting his crown on. Chad just runs at him. Chaos Theory pins him. And he's like, you're right. That match was short. And uses all of the insults Ooh, that is good. To, against the people who've been giving them to him. Yep, I really like that. Uh, but I also really like, I love the finish, what they did here. Well, that's it, yeah, because the crowd got so into this, mm. then I'm not going to say that my version is better than what they did, but it's an alternative. Because what you do then is you, I, I now genuinely believe that Chad Gable beating Baron Corbin, hopefully when they do it in a month's time, maybe maybe they pull it out till Survivor Series, is going to be a real feel-good moment because he hasn't beaten them yet. And that would sort of negate that. It's very true, yeah. Uh, very, but, very true. Yeah, so the finish here, after a, a long match, and really, really good. Corbin's such a good heel. There was a bit when the crowd were a bit quiet, and Corbin took his time and started riling up the crowd. Yeah, he's amazing at working that crowd, because they had gone very, very quiet, but then he'll just stand up and just like put his finger to his ear, or he'll point to the crowd and be like, that's me. And yeah. all of a sudden, the crowd bought it. Hook, line, and sinker were like, that mother effer. Boo! Boo! I don't want you being king of the ring. And that in Chad, turn Chad, yeah, Chad. gives chance to Chad. So when Chad starts to make his comeback, it's just like a natural response. And Chad's got that natural empathetic connection with the audience anyway. It really, really worked. There was yeah. some really good stuff, really good sequences near the end too. Uh, like uh, that the crowd went crazy for Gable climbing to the top rope to hit a moonsault. Yeah. Like bigger than Ricochet gets. But just because they were so into seeing him hit a moonsault, yeah. which in 2019 isn't that impressive. But it means something because Chad might win uh, the German, high angle German suplex. He eventually does hit the moonsault for a great near fall. Uh, then he's got the ankle lock in. I'm like, well, here it is. He might win it beat here. And Corbin gets to the corner. Of course, it's the king of the ring scepter and hits Chad in the head for the DQ loss. He beats him down after with it. Boo. So my fantasy book in here is Corbin has some loyal subjects. And they can just be jobbers. Uh, what's Jinder the Mahal doing? Yeah, the B team. Gender. And Chad has to beat them all while Corbin looks on to get a shot at Corbin. As long as he brings the throne back. Like yeah. a big sort of yeah, like iron throne stuff. Yeah, totally. And then like, he, like he's Shao Khan. <laughs> and then you have that 
the, the final Corbin Gable match Shanks at Survivor Series. Yeah. I, because I'm worried sometimes when WWE are like, oh, this match is good. Let's do it every week for the next six weeks. I'm like, ah. Like they did with Cesaro Ricochet and yeah. Uh, yeah, others. So, yeah. But this, this was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I personally wouldn't have changed anything. It's fair enough, yeah. Speaking of good. AOP's video package. I liked what they did last week, where it was a completely new presentation of them. They're in suits, they're talking in their native languages, and they're effectively saying all the tag division are scared of us. This week, they said, yep, everyone, like sort of Alistair Black style, yep, no one's knocked on our door. But unlike Alistair Black, they then went, so let's go and find some folks. Yeah. But as you said, it goes like, well, rather than talk about how good we are, I'm just going to show you. So they just get up, they walk. And they beat up Heath Slater and someone else couldn't make out who the other person was. I think it was No Way Jose. Oh, yeah? But I might be wrong. And then they just sat back down in their chair. But it was like uh, the, the feed cut out yeah. and it just cut back to them sitting down, brushing off their brushing, suits. Adjusting up their suits and stuff. It was awesome. They looked wicked in their suits I, well. I really enjoyed the first week of this. I thought this was... And it's so... Excuse me. So Heyman. That's very Heyman presentation. Mm-hmm. Then we got the... Five-way elimination match to crown the number one contender for next week's season premiere of Raw between Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, AJ Styles, Robert Roode, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Five guys. <laughs> Throwing onions at each other. Yeah, uh, Paying this, for overpriced burgers. And this was really fun. It really, really I, I was, really enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, yeah. So many of my notes are just like, man... Robert Roode versus Ray is fun. Man, AJ versus Nakamura is fun. Man, Nakamura versus Ray is fun. And it was just like all the various different combinations here were just making me go like, oh, this is a really, really fun match. Like, it's easy to forget because WWE flatten almost everyone out when they come to them. But look at that. Ray Mysterio, Ricochet, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, yeah. That's like a dream match. That, like, a stupid dream match where you go, no, no one's booking that just five years ago. Like, Though, that match yeah. is impossible. That's too fantasy. And that's five guys who should be bona fide main eventers. The restaurant chain? Um, oh, I mean, I don't think their burgers are that good, but mm. I think these five guys certainly should. Yeah. So it, it, it was a real joy to watch, and it, it was everyone got good turns. I yeah. felt like the problem with elimination matches sometimes is that you have to beat four guys the prelude to the restaurant chain but this time that they everyone got protected with the various blindsided finishers or they got yeah. caught with stuff i didn't feel like anyone lost anything here and i thought robert rude looked really good in it going to the final two against ray and i marked out as i was transported back in time 15 years ago when aj and robert rude were beating down ricochet and the crowd started chanting tna tna i was like yeah tna chance um so yeah ray won he'll face seth next week and he, he sort of dedicated. Well, he didn't dedicate next week's match to Dominic. No, nor should he. Because he's, he's going to lose that one. Thing, <laughs> yeah. Thing. And yeah, then we then we got the Braun Strowman Seth Rollins match, which we've spoken about briefly. Oh, just before that, Charlie asked Seth for his thoughts. Like you're facing Bray at Hell in a Cell. You've got Rey Mysterio now next week, and Seth says, "Well, you know, fighting champion. Everyone wants a piece of me. I've got to go out there and do that all the time." Completely free of irony. WWE then cut to a graphic of Brock Lesnar on next week's show. Yeah. Who will likely be a champion soon, who won't show up and entertain anyone. Well, the report is he's going back to full time now that he's moving. Yeah, because he's going to be part of the Fox deal. 
that he's going to be full time. It would be no longer prime time, uh, prime time, part time. Although Seth has got a new catchphrase now. Did you catch this? You did no. it a lot in his opening promo and did it again here. Season premiere. Survive and prevail is mm, his new phrase. It's very it's Triple H. Be on a t-shirt yeah. soon enough in that Seth Rollins font. It's not quite burn it down, is it? No, you can't channel along that one. In the Survive little, and uh, prevail. prevail. Survive and, and prevail. prevail. Sounds like a sort of a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and next week we're getting Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. Cool. Uh, and then the yeah the main event was Seth and Braun, which was an okay match. Uh, I, I liked bits of it, and then the Fiend was really good at the end. Yeah. So overall, I enjoyed this episode of Raw. I loved all the Fiend stuff, but really. This was a setup show for next week's episode. For the season premiere. Yeah, which is not just the season premiere, it's the Hell in a Cell go home show. Is it really? Oh, bloody hell, it is, I isn't know. it? Yeah. And technically, the SmackDown moved to Fox go home show. Yeah. So, so, very exciting. A lot to build there, and we're going to get a whole new set. According to Russell Votes, we're also getting Pyro returning next week on a full time basis. So, next week is going to feel like a really big deal. They're obviously hoping to pop a big rank for it by advertising Brock and Hogan and Flair, because why advertise your current stars? They're not going to get over, they're not going to draw ratings. So, they're hoping for a big, big deal next week. Yeah. Well, let's get over to your su- 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 super chats with Brandy Andy Datsun. Mm, but first, Ollie, have you been looking at Chris Jericho's Instagram recently? I, I mean, I might have heard something. Tell me more, Randy. Well, if you go to Chris Jericho's Instagram, which is Chris Jericho Fozzy, you will see that he has posted a picture of the uh, WrestleTalk magazine. Look at that. He says. Cool to be on the cover of the new WrestleTalk.official. Oh, he's actually changed it to include our Instagram. Oh, Aww. Aww. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, he got Chris. my message. I messaged him. Maybe he got it. Um, in the UK and available worldwide. Let me see if, if you cut to this camera, let's see if yeah. this one shows up a bit better. Because yours was a bit overexposed. There it is, folks. How cool is that? Interestingly, uh, I commented on it to say uh, it's a truly wonderful magazine, and now everyone's commenting saying, "Haha, I can totally see Ollie writing this," or "I read this in Ollie's <laughs> voice." It's like, yeah, fair enough. I but yes, do thank- not have enough time to do. He's also <laughs> tweeted and Facebooked it, as far as I know. So thank you, cheers to Chris. him. I'm, um, sh- I'm sure he's watching right now. He's watching this live stream. Wonderful, wonderful magazine. So do go Le Champion up. if you can. WrestleTalk bigcartel.com correct yeah or go into your local news agents if you live in the UK yeah um, so we will start with some super chats to say James Krause says get to the chopper King Chopper was wondering if y'all could wish my daughter Leah a happy 10th birthday it was on Sunday the 22nd thanks Thank you uh, so much for watching, and a happy birthday to you. Happy, was it 10th birthday? 10th birthday to Leah, double digits. Double digits. I remember that being a big, big deal when I turned 10. 10. Yeah. 10. 10. 10. Happy New Year. And I believe there was another one before that that we didn't do because Ollie was out of the room. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't worry. I won't miss, I won't miss one. Okay. Uh, KJ says, I turned 20 today. All I want is a Drake Maverick spot. That's the one. And Dolph Ziggler to be WWE champion. Any it should have ad- been me. Any advice for someone who's just entered their 20s? Um, give up all your hopes and dreams of Dolph Ziggler becoming WWE champion. Drake Maverick. Um, also, just enjoy your 20s, man. Yeah. I had a bit of a blast in my 20s. 
Twenties, all about saying yes to everything. Yeah. And then in the thirties, you're like, God, it's just too much. It's too much. But also, cut that if down. you're stuck in something you're not enjoying, it's so early in your life that you can just change. So exactly. don't worry about that. Um, Firefly Fanhouse Ender Madden says, That's "Hey Chopper, heard you got <laughs> engaged on your birthday. Congrats, bro! <laughs> he did not. He's been engaged for s- several years now. Um, See, Randy knew. Fiend was great this show. Feel like Seth could probably just let him in. Yes, he got engaged on a bridge in Newcastle, I think. Hmm? Yeah, news to me." Um, Every day is a learning experience with Chapa. Abram Penner says, Chapamon Royal Digivolve to King Chapa Wapamon. <laughs> That's a Digimon reference, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a Nerds. good one. Uh, the Zornis says, Happy birthday, Tomo! Because apparently it was Tomo's birthday oh, yesterday. Wow. Wow. Happy birthday, Tomo! Sheep pop for you, and Limps jumps in as well to say, Tomo's birthday was yesterday. Give him a cheap pop. We'll do oh, Give him more than a cheap pop. pop. It's an expensive. I don't know how to make it expensive. The uh, bubbly. Dollar, dollar. A little, we'll have a little, a little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. <laughs> a little bit of this weird cocktail thing that we didn't drink a lot of because. No. <laughs> no, 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 that's not fizzy. There's not a new one that you bought to replace it because you liked it so much. No. Okay. No, no. We, told, we, we told Dan it was horrible. Uh, Jose Kinde says, I think Alistair and AOP would make a good stable. They wear suits, hang out in dark rooms, waiting for someone to fight them or knock on their doors. Uh, also, they're all foreign. Yeah, mm. yeah. based on that new League of Nations. Yes. Book it, Vince. That's about time. Uh, Limps again says, Dang, Corbin had legit chemistry with a wrestler. Best match tonight, in my opinion, and even in commentary. Also, Becky has a better promo than... His man. Oh, but better than Seth, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Baron Corbin's had chemistry with a lot of wrestlers on the King of the Ring tournament since he's come back, really. He's, mm. he's been knocking it out of the park. He really has. Ronce Regen says, How long in kayfabe do you think Sasha and Bailey were awkwardly staring off in different directions before they started <laughs> cutting their backstage promo? Three minutes. Yeah. Elijah Whitfield says, What the hell are they doing with EC3? I'm so angry how he's turned out. Yeah. yeah, to think it was just this year when he... I mean, late last year, I guess, when they started doing that. On their way to WWE. December last year, because they did their whole, you're the authority mm. now. Um, yeah, it, apparently it was it was the injury that he got against Velveteen Dream at um, TakeOver Brooklyn last year. And the audacity to get... Dean Ambrose more over when they That's booked right, them in yeah. the feud when Dean Ambrose was going to leave and everyone started cheering him anyway. Yeah. Somehow uh, that's EC3's fault. Joseph Gonzalez says, I can't wait for season two of Raw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, what 20, a long years, season yeah. it was. Uh, Kevin says, have you heard Cole saying to Renee she may lose her place if she kept disrespecting Corbin? This would be a funny way to write her off TV for the commentary <laughs> shift next week. Just kidding, this is an awful idea. Don't do it, WWE. Hey, I mean, they just debuted Mickey James as their new commentator for main events. Mm-hmm. So maybe Mickey James could take her role. Hardcore commentary. Two-man booth. It's man for a reason. <laughs> um, this one is from Chris, who says, I wanted to apply to be the editor, but I go to uni. Is it, it isn't part-time, is it? I need experience editing wrestling, though. Any suggestions where to go? Uh, just, like, make friends with your local independent wrestling promotion. I'm sure they'll be thankful for, for work. Because to, to, everyone films their stuff now, it seems, and has an on-demand service. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Uh, Matthew Shields says, I like that they advertise Firefly Funhouse and not the Fiend attack. It keeps the attack more surprising and you never know when he attacks. Yeah, well, that wouldn't make any sense, would it, if it's a surprise attack? <laughs> Although that WWE seemed to... That sounds very WWE. Yeah. We're going to have a surprise attack later on, so stay tuned. Stick around, the Fiend is coming. I know it's, it's Lacey Evans versus Ember Moon now, but there will be a surprise run-in. <laughs> Uh, Pratik Pankaj says Hey Ollie, Luke and Andy You guys haven't fancy booked in a long while I'd say book the Fiend's universal title run Big props and love from India Well thank you very much For getting in touch Yeah, Fantasy Book and Warfare is on a permanent hiatus At the moment a d- Permanent hiatus? Just like oh. indefinite hiatus Yeah I mean, it's, it's Permanent is it's never coming back Well it's on a permanent hiatus It's not never never coming back uh, at this point, it feels like it's never coming back. <laughs> it's a lot of effort to do them. Yeah, because it never comes up in any of our conversations anymore, which makes me think it is on... And everyone is ill. And everyone's ill. Uh, Venom Kitetsu says, just got home from work and playing Link's Awakening while I listen in. Oh, nice. Venom's been getting in touch with me. I believe this is the same chap. He's been getting in touch with me because he is, he's never beaten Castlevania 3. So while I'm trying to beat Castlevania, he's sending me his progression on uh, beating Castlevania 3. Inspiration. Yeah. Uh, Insolent Crow says we already have names for the other kinds of rest talk fans so I propose that people who send su- su- super chats be known as super swafters I think we have had that haven't we super swafters yeah well, super we- swafters is good yeah we just, we just never continued the branding so yeah let's let's mm. continue with it uh, Gaura Vaidya says off air Seth stomped the fiend a few times yes he did yeah, he yeah did, we'll have yeah. that in the news episode coming up later yeah we talked about that earlier it's, it's not all non-canon uh, James Holland says, should Bianca Belair manage AOP? What a strange suggestion. But good suggestion anyway. No. No, no, no. 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 no, there's, no there's no connection there. <laughs> if anything, she should be with the Street Profits because she's married, She's married, right? Not it's just engaged. To Montez engaged. Ford, yeah. Yeah, to Montez Ford. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying no to all of that. That's a big sure no. She's that's a manager at all. Yeah, exactly. That's a big no oh, on, yeah. on all accounts yeah. from me. Uh, Pratik Pankaj again says, my first super chat. Oh, uh, brackets S. Feeling really happy somehow. Oh, ah, that's good. We're glad. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, Petty Kruger says, do you think with the draft coming that Raw would have to start pushing NXT call-ups like drafting Alistair to Raw and actually pushing Bobby Roode? There's the wrong oh, Sorry, I, no. that was an accident. <laughs> they happen, man. I've, I've done them occasionally. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say that you should just push NXT guys and girls regardless of a draft. Yeah, and I think they will for at least three weeks yes. after the season premiere. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of, oh, that's a new look. Oh, what a strong victory they've had over the Colognes. <laughs> and then nothing, <laughs> nothing after three weeks. Uh, Tomo! 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 Happy right. birthday, hey. Tomo! Hello, guys. As it was my birthday yesterday, can I get a happy birthday for me and Pete? Love you all. Happy birthday, mate. Yeah, well, Happy yeah. birthday, Pete, as well. Although, because he's in Australia, it wasn't his birthday like two days from now, the way the time works. Oh, yeah, his yeah. birthday is actually in December. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. now 58. So. Yeah, it's a weird, weird place, oh, Australia. Sorry. Uh, Firefly Fanhouse Ender Madden again says, Really, the who's the. the Really, though, who's the baby daddy? I got Maverick. Uh, yeah, the Maria storyline. Yeah, someone suggested Drake Maverick, and I was like, that's the only logical solution, like, mm. conclusion to that story. Oh, yeah. Good shout, yeah. Apparently, um, Mouncer said in The Observer last week is that it is 
supposed to be this sort of like long running drama of who the dad is going to be and they are going to reveal who the dad is but he he did say that it was told to me that it's a joke and not anything to be taken seriously yeah um but apparently Mari or as someone is basically like the, the american jeremy kyle got in touch to say that he would do a dna test mm. like a paternity test on the show and i was like man if you if wwe had taken this seriously they could have actually got some like mainstream pub off of this but as it is it's a joke with no real ending that cut angle maybe i mean maybe maybe <laughs> now's the time to change it's either yeah it could be cut angle's dirty secret or it's um or it's hornswoggle again hornswoggle, yeah. um that is so attitude era having this you know, quite DNA test crossover into a Jerry Springer style format. If they do, I hope the Sandman is there, and then when they announce it, he doesn't leave when he's supposed to. So he's standing there right until the end. <laughs> Such a good moment. Uh, Nick Jen says, "Did you see Bray tweet out losing control?" Ooh, oh no, I didn't. Yeah. We're all going on Bray Twitter. But uh, is is that well, losing well, control like him losing control of the fiend, or is it WWE losing control of their production? There department? it is. Yeah. Well, no, he said. I said, "Forgive us, Braun. Uh, this will all make sense in the end. I'm losing control of it. I'm sorry. So sorry." Oh, so it is. <laughs> it is him. Yeah. Um, ooh, uh, Timono Zumaki says, "Just to say, very pleased to see Sasha." Hmm. Eric Martinez says, <laughs> Hey, Ollie and Luke. So in the event we get Brock versus Fiend and Survivor Series, how do you think they'll be making the Fiend care about Raw versus SmackDown theme if they go in that direction? Thanks. That's because it's brand loyalty. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult because the, they, they would have both been refreshed. So it'd be hard to have a lot of loyalty over just six weeks. I, I, I hope they don't do the brand versus stuff this year. And they just do storyline-driven five-on-five matches. And in fairness, like Brock didn't really care about the Raw brands at the Survivor Series thing last year. In the same way that Daniel Bryan didn't really care about SmackDown. It's only ever really in that sort of five-on-five that they tend to care about the, the brand loyalty nonsense. But yeah, no, I'm, I kind of hope it's more just story-driven stuff. Team Kevin versus Team Shane. And then the st- all the storylines don't have to stop because yeah, that's what happens around Survivor Series time. Yeah. Nate dropped surname says it seemed like Fiend was yelling why as he was choking Braun, almost like he was yelling like it hurt him to do it, and then it turned to laughing. Shouldn't be the Fiend saying uh, shouting why though. Well, Braun couldn't. I I heard why as well, hmm. and it's really interesting because he I, for me that would be the Fiend. There's me mandible clawing by the way, <laughs> like screaming at Braun, saying you know why if if the Fiend is kind of this manifestation of personal hurt and anger mm. he would have a kind of childlike why like why are you making me do this to you or like why did you leave me man mm. yeah the fiend never forgets or, I, it's, whatever it is it's still freaking cool or in yeah. a bray saying asking the fiend why that he's making him do it mm, i don't I think the fiend's the fiend and Bray's okay, Bray. Yeah. Bray yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sidesh Mirjankar says the King Solomon story just said King Corbin should do that to find who's the father of Miria Canellis' child. Lamau. I'm all up for that. Screw Maury. <laughs> Baron to like decree, yeah. I will figure this out. <laughs> I just, you know what? I've gone from having so much Corbin and like being sick of him to now I want all the Corbin. You want more Corbin. I want him in every storyline <laughs> now. Even the Fiend. <laughs> no. I want him to be the only guy who can walk onto the Firefly Funhouse set. <laughs> Deary me. Uh, Petty Kruger says, who should get an immediate push after the draft? Chad Gable. Alistair Black. 
M.A. Campbell says, Will R-Truth beat Ravenclaw's... Ravenclaw? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Raven's hardcore title push. Oh, he means getting there, isn't he? He's, what, 19 at the moment? 19, yeah, he's getting there. Overtaking Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, Anton H. Next week, Bray should take over commentary production as well as have Huskus and Rambling Rabbit on commentary. If yeah. he does all the voices, that will be impossible. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I really like the idea of it, though. Uh, can they do it like properly and the execution be good? I'm sceptical. But yeah. they've, done, they've done everything else really well. Hey, and you know what? Do you remember when the Muppets were the hosts on Raw? That was they, good. They did that brilliantly, mate. Yeah, it was genuinely really funny. Yeah. But everyone behind the commentary would be able to see the, the hand, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, but it's like, have you seen, have you seen kids reacting with like, people holding up the Muppets and stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, kids don't look at the people. They don't look at the puppeteers. No, they just see the puppets and be like, oh, my God, it's amazing. That's true. Big Bird's there. Uh, Anton H says, next week, Bray should take over commentary production as... Zach Icon Lindner says, happy birthday, Chopper. Hashtag Chop of the Earth. Yes, always happy birthday, Chopper. I've just had a realisation when you were doing that. That's a mandible claw kind of thing. Oh. Is Bray like... It's a puppet it's thing. It's a puppet thing. It's a puppet it's thing. It's a puppet. And it's also why it previously was, you know, pulling the strings and everyone who's a master manipulator mm. puppets. I never thought about the whole puppet side of things. It's there, it's staring you right in the face as well. Uh, we have, I just realised we've got a lot more to get through, so let's go quick. Uh, how do you feel they will book Braun from here on? I Ineffectively. Mean, strongly. Um, Lester Wink 23 says less deserving of their push Lacey or Baron oh you know what they're, but they both really they both come out of that being over pushed and they've they've settled really well into where they are right now yeah no agreed uh, EA says I'm planning on going to next week Smackdown as the Fiend nice oh. to the season premiere mm. uh, Tim that'll Hunt. be cosplay everywhere soon oh hopefully. yeah well, there was uh, two people at Raw who um, photographed themselves dressed up I think it was their kids were dressed mm. up in fiend masks uh, in the front row uh, Tim Arndt says this chats for the WrestleTalk showcase yesterday support indie wrestling oh yeah. thank you very much yeah it was a great match if you haven't watched it Rampage Brown versus Shuji Ishikawa I love the hell out of oh, it oh it's so yeah. good it was yesterday's WrestleTalk showcase episode uh, Ricky Partridge says, you think Seth is loving this as a comic book fan? Oh, Seth? Is he a comic book fan? Yeah, I think so. I know he's a Harry Potter fan. Nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah. To the comic book thing. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I'd imagine he probably is. Ben Greenwood says, amazing seeing the magazine on Jericho's Instagram. Yes, it was. So thank you again. A little again. bit of the Instagram. A little bit of the cuffly. Uh, Caleb Maldonado says, Link's Awakening is fantastic. Oh, I really want to play it. Mm. Link's Awakening, um, for those that don't know, is my king of Zelda games. It's my favourite one. Ocarina, this guy. Um, Brock Batty says, Waiting for Chopper to pick a fight with me. Knock on my door, Chopper. Just <laughs> knock. You know where to find me. I'll be waiting. Just knock. Yeah, well, Brock emailed. Have to wait till he's back from holiday. He emailed um, a, a challenge to. Um, uh, to Chopper. I'm not sure what we can do with it, like, but yeah, he did email a challenge to Chopper, but via me. Wow. Yeah, well, we'll see where this feud happens. <laughs> oh, where? Uh, guy2231 says, Andy, feel better soon from Louisiana. It was just, I apologized earlier for my voice. I'm, I'm starting to feel like I might be getting what oh, Laurie's no. getting, so stay away. I'm feeling very hot and sore. Um, Tell your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> James Hollins says, should Ronda Rousey's return and Baszler's call-up be on the same day? Oh, that would be great, but they would overshadow Shayna. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Because if I'm picking my place to return Ronda, it's number 30 in the Rumble. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I, forgot, I forgot Ronda was a thing. <laughs> I think that's what WWE were hoping Fox were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian Baltimore <laughs> says, uh, should I be happy that Sarah Logan got on TV or mad that it was with the 24-7 crap? Lovely time with the brave boys. Mad. I'm going to say neither. Sad. Oh, yeah, that's mm. a better third option. Trivesh Pure says the OC's theme is a heavily edited Ambrose theme. I'd have to listen to it back. It should be California. <laughs> um, Nikolai Asher <laughs> shots fired at AEW <laughs> as well. <laughs> Imagine if they just came out like that with the OC so you, graphic name bar. Or doing the big two streets. <laughs> 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 Nikolai Azopardi says, why wasn't the Baron Gable match not posted? Why wasn't it posted on YouTube? I don't know. Good question. Dina Sisse says, I don't have a question today, so here's a su- su- super chat just to say you guys are amazing and keep up the great content. Oh, oh, thank you very you're much. Yes. You're amazing. You're amazing. Uh, Mr. Deegan2 says, hearing Braun shouting Bray and why while in the Mandible Claw made it all the better. <laughs> Full credit to Braun for making it feel amazing. Seth screaming, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that one. Braun had a nice tweet about it as well. Someone reposted where he's just like, hey, I'm not that little boy you found in the woods anymore. When was Braun ever a, a little, little boy? <laughs> well, they found him in the woods? What? Yeah. Well, that was because he was part of the, the Wyatt family, wasn't he? So he must have found him that at was some never, point. That was never canon or anything. Wow. Okay. Well, there's some more Wyatt family mythos. Yeah. Uh, Nate Drop's surname says, During a Firefly Funhouse, Bray said, What in the flat earth is going on here? Feuding with AJ Styles next confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I keep getting corrected. He's not a flat earther. He just thinks there's a possibility, which makes me think he's a flat earther. He just asks some interesting questions. The gay community. (laughs) The gay community. (laughs) Jonathan Bryant says, Fiend should beat Seth and ignore the title. Next champ crown, Fiend beats him, ignores the title, etc. That will make him a huge, but with no regard to the belt. I was going to say, that buries the belt somewhat. Mm. Yeah, I think... I think you can do this without devaluing the belt, and I think they've done a very good job so far. Uh, Nathan the Alpha Wolf Vela says, Happy National Punctuation Day! Awoo! Wolf emoji. <laughs> nice. It's National Punctuation Day. Really, you should have used an emoticon mm. rather than an emoji yeah, you're to right. celebrate punctuation. He did use right. four exclamation marks. Well, that's not that's not celebrating. That's overuse. I'd say that's what, the most, that's what my dad and does. <laughs> yeah, it's the most basic of uh, punctuation. Are you basic? You're basic. Uh, Jade Star says Fiend <gasps> takes over Jade. Raw, destroys Hogan, Flair, and Ray. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say because I brother. <laughs> apparently, next week um, Goldberg's coming back as well. Mm. So I can almost see Goldberg. Get, Dolph Ziggler comes out for the um, Miz TV segment to be like the it should have been me sure. shtick. Goldberg comes out more jackhams and stuff, and then we get the Fiend coming out and he lays waste to Goldberg, Hogan, and Flair. That's I mean that's that's almost too strong. But it's also I like I said with Kane last week, it's off. It, it's almost off course. He yeah, wants to be yeah. focusing on Seth. It needs to be Ray, really. Yeah. Mrs. S says, "Who else thought the opening graphics were awesome?" 
Oh yeah, this it's in the guy thumbnail. loved it. For, for, and it's it's so nice to start an episode of Raw in the morning and from the very first second go amazing. Yeah, because that does not happen often <laughs> from uh, the bumper. Gabriel Gabriel Reyes, Reyes says the fiend has hacked into the fire alarm. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. it was. Firefly Funhouse. Oh. It's all making sense now. And we did get that care package today. Oh, oh my god. It's all uh, King Rasta says, here's my impression of Ollie Davis fisting. It's, a, it's because I was talking about the the fist coming back for oh. the SmackDown set yesterday. Right. The f- fist. <laughs> Kevin says, Ollie talks about NXT. Does that mean he watched it? <laughs> I did actually. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> uh, Nate dropped surname says you are not fire safety role models. Hashtag, hashtag brave boys. Come on, if you've ever worked in an office and a fire alarm goes off, no one moves. <laughs> no, you gotta wait. You gotta wait until you can actually smell smoke before you're like, yeah, maybe we should go to the fire safety <laughs> point then. Oh, do, do we have to? Do yeah, I'm it, in, I'm going twenty minutes. Oh, Particularly if you're on your lunch break, you'd be like, oh, I'm not gonna get that back, yeah. am I? <laughs> Uh, Justin Adelheit says, should Braun interfere at Hell in a Cell? It would make the storyline sense since the Fiend attacked him last night, night and having no winner protects the Fiend. No one should interfere at a Hell in a Cell match. The point. Apart from Bailey. <laughs> rips the door <laughs> or off. Kane. Hugs the door off. Kane the Great Black says, Chopper is better than Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Kane, you sent two other messages. Uh, I'm not sure I want to read them now. Um, <laughs> he said something about King Corbin, and I could have sworn I heard Renee say to Cole that Mysterio rude finish, so you're giving him S-word now. Oh, I don't think no, Corey said anything. No, yeah. that was a stupid message, Kane. <laughs> uh, Connor Shaw says, Carmella and CF uh, versus Banks and Bailey tonight on SmackDown Live. Oh, CF, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Flair. So that is... Having a follow-up. And she'll be the 24-7 champion. Yeah, so Banks could win it. They all could. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they're all going to be like, what the hell's that belt? (laughs) It's this ugly thing. Uh, Nate drops surname says, did you catch Renee and Corey joke when Mella won? Yeah, Corey was like, well, that's fantastic for me because they are dating they in are. real life. Is it fantastic for him? No, surely their lives are ruined now. I don't know. I don't, he, he was very proud of her. It's a mm, great belt. Yeah. Is it? Uh, Michael Dominguez says, Andy's back. I love him. Roll ours. <laughs> I'll do one Don't later. you dare. <laughs> Javi let Andy out of his cage says, Oh my God, it's Randy. I'm glad WrestleTalk paid attention to my name. Also, my name should say Randy, not Andy. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's good. You're not switching the camera. Yeah, I realized that that time. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really good and with at it. The, and with how hard you push the buttons as well, yeah, you would... It's extravagant. It's whack em. Um, it's like a whack-a-mole game over there. Uh, Michael Dominguez <laughs> says, Matches were able to breathe and longer than two minutes. Good wrestling, no bearing of anybody, apart from EC3, and no stipulation slash restarts. Could you imagine this in 2017 or 18? That the in-ring wrestling is getting a lot more respect since... A lot more since SummerSlam, but mm. really since Heyman took over. It's, yeah. it's, re- it's making the show so much easier to watch. They're, they're flying by for me. Oh, yeah, it yeah. really is. Uh, Ty Hanke says, did anyone catch the Street Profits' new shirts? Yikes. Oh, they're, yeah, they're I like, like 
them. It's like a pure nineties design. Yeah. Like it's a it's a real nineties t shirt. It's something something smoke. We want the smoke. We want the smoke. Yeah. yeah. I, I really yeah, it's 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 a callback to those sort of garish nineties oh, yeah, totally. graffiti ones. Yeah, someone got in touch with me on Twitter to say those NXT designs are a throwback to old school t shirts. I'm like they're bloody not. Nineties <laughs> t shirts were very garish. There was actual design on them. This is just I mean it's basically the support wrestle talk t shirt. Mm. Hey, that's a feat of design, <laughs> that is. Uh, James Quinn says, Graves and Renee during the Carmella <laughs> bit was kind of funny because he never makes reference to her being her boyfriend. Hmm. Maybe they will do more. They do on Instagram a lot. Um, it's non-canon. KJ says, the only way for Seth versus Fiend to end is to add Dolph to the match and have him win. Push Dolph. Should have been me. Mm, Should have been Fiend. That uh, might be the worst <laughs> way... <laughs> to book Fiend out of that. <laughs> One super kick. Uh, Timonu Zumaki says, sorry for the previous message, was because of limited characters. I just really don't like Alexa and I'm a big Sasha fan. Anyway, you guys are the best. That was one oh, I thank stopped you very halfway much. through. I see. Um, Tim Arndt says, Jobber found a lady friend in the chat. Did he? Oh, um, what? Talk bringing out the love Jobber in their JJ. fan base. Also, get the bubbly, we need a celebration model. Ooh. Ooh, oh, tell us more, Jobber yeah. JJ. Oh, Wrestle Talk. Drop me an email, jo- oh. uh, Jobber Wrestle JJ. Wrestle relationship. Yeah. I feel like we, right. like, because we've actually been, like, if you listen to the podcast, we've been instrumental in uh, two people getting together. Mm. Um, that's actually a fact. Mm. So maybe we could start, like, maybe we could start a Wrestle Talk dating agency. I, I, mean, I smell an app. It's going to be a lot of guys on there. <laughs> <laughs> Come by our YouTube yeah. audience. Can be 97% dudes. <laughs> Our website is actually 90% dudes and really? girls. Oh, Bringing in there the ladies over there, Randy. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name. Uh, Tim, uh, no, Abraham Penner says, speaking of puppets, anyone seen the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? No, I haven't yet. No, because my wife doesn't want to watch it. Pain I'll watch my... it with you. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Super chat. Lunch you'll break. find someone to watch it with you. Because we actually <laughs> just... <laughs> we, we, we just finished Handmaid's Tales. We were look, looking for something new to start. So we started The Boys instead. Oh, um, I just finished that. Yeah. Really liked it. What, Handmaid's Tale season three? No, no, no just the boys. we started The Boys instead. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch, watch Dark Crystal. Uh, Mrs. S says, didn't think Seth's selling was bad. was all bad. I think the cam angle was a lot better... Last week, Seth saying it is just a dream. It is just a dream. Was decent though. I was it? Mm. I wasn't into it. No. I'm glad if you were. All I'm saying is the actors in Nightmare on Elm Street uh, did that better. Uh, and lastly, is Nate dropped surname says Corey didn't say it was good for him. Renee said now you can finally consummate, and Corey said too late. Oh, oh right. right, I see. Oh, okay, wink, wink. Wink, wink, indeed. Well, thank you all so much for getting in touch. Yes. Just before we get on to this furry email that I'm very excited for, I must also say thank you. Say thank you to Stephen Schmall Mm. and his lady partner who... Uh, is I can't find your lady partner's name. Damn it. Well, anyway, he has sent us, the couple has sent us, all the way from California, one of the limited edition Firefly Funhouse limited edition boxes, limited edition season premiere. Now, this came from the live stream, and we were saying, like, you've got to keep hold of that. Like, don't send, I that, know, to, yeah. send that to us. 
But they have. They have. And I'm not going to send it back because I'm actually very excited <laughs> about it. We haven't opened it yet. No. It's just sitting in the office with the Firefly Funhouse branding. It's got Let Me In on one side. and uh, We're waiting until Laurie gets uh, back into the office. Because Laurie's not been well for the last couple of days. It's no. just been me, Ollie, and Randy in the office because Pete's off this week. Yeah. Yeah, we want to do a proper unboxing video of it. Yeah. Which requires people who know how to use the cameras which means Laurie. And also people who can... Because you and I are doing every task, so it'd be nice to be able to spread across some of that workload. Exactly. So we can free up exactly. a couple of hours to do this sort of thing. So, would you like this email? Yes. So this comes in from our resident, Luke Chador, who said, Hey lads, as I'm writing this email, I've just listened to Monday's Ramble, and I'm legitimately excited to share my thoughts and experiences with the fairy community. Fairies, also referred to as furs, sometimes are a large community of people who have a common interest in anthrop- anthropomorphized... Anthro- or just bra- shortened anthro animals. Huh. Well, like, this is in my wheelhouse. It is because you have a bit of a penchant for Judy Hopps. Not just Judy Hopps, any animated feminized bunny. Because there was Lola Bunny as well mm. from Space, Space Jam, Jam and the Cadbury's. The Cadbury's Caramel Bunny. bunny. Yeah. But everyone finds them sexy. Um, most members of the community. <laughs> Most members within the community create their own anthro creatures. There's also the squirrel from Sorcerers and the Sorcerer and the oh, Stone. Yeah, yeah, the Sword and the Stone. Yeah, the, Sword and the, the Stone. The squirrel yeah. in that is a very cute squirrel. She and she's like she's, she's very, coming on hard. Oh, she's a very sexual squirrel. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a horny squirrel for a kid. She film. wants them nuts. She does. <laughs> she wants to squirrel them away for winter. Mm. Um, anyway, also I'm gonna if I'm going to say one really positive thing about the fairy community based on the three sentences I've read so far, they've shortened anthropomorphized to just anthro. Because anthropomorphized is not the easiest word in the world word in the world to say. They also shortened furries to furs, mm. which just makes me now, now think they're lazy. <laughs> well, they you just want to lie yet. around on top of each other in comfy furry clothing. Right, let's get through the rest of this email. Um... Most members of the community create their own anthro creatures with elements of their own personality that represent them. These are called fursonas. Ah, AKA, that's AKA good. AKA fairy personas. A large portion of the fairy community is LGBTQ+, but there is that small fraction that identifies as heterosexual, including myself. Allow me to wipe away misconceptions, negative or not, about fairy fandom. Did they really just say wipe away in this email? Uh, he did, yes. <laughs> uh, number one. All not a dry cleaning, <laughs> I imagine. Well, oh, okay, that could be a misconception. Sorry. Uh, actually, that's point two. But point one, all furries dress up as their characters. No, not true at all. Most fursuits cost upwards of $3,000 to buy, Whoa. are terribly hot, lim- limit your peripheral vision, and just aren't comfy. Only about 3% of furries, I'd say, actually owned these suits. Even then, they'd only be worn maybe three times a year, at most by a majority of suit owners who attend conventions. Number two, the fandom is entirely about sex. False. With any fandom, there's going to be an NSFW side to it, uh, but there's few X-rated furries out there. But actually, I find a majority of furries uh, are minors, including myself, who just use the community as a way to express their artistic creativity. So kind of like a cosplay community, yeah. But through anim- <laughs> uh, through drawing. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, this is very popular and a v- and very very. Sorry, I'm sorry. Number three, this is a very popular and very, very negative misconception. Slightly not PG, but no profanity or explicit actions are described. Furries are zoophiles. So, Kevin Owens is a zoophile, but that's 
that means he really likes going to zoos. Yes. He's, I think it, it used to be on his Twitter bio, Zoophile. Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to guess this is because I think zoo files he's turning, uh, referring to here is people who want to have sex with animals. You want to go right. jogging with animals. Well, isn't that, that's got another bestiality. Is the, yeah, is another, is the yes. other term. Um, but uh, Luke should say, God, no. Animals cannot ex- uh, consent to jogging. It's effectively rape. Uh, yes, yeah, shamefully and unfortunately, there are a few six uh, F words involved in the fandom that are disgusting zoo files and engage in sexual acts with animals. Those do not. Uh, those that do are heavily looked down upon, exiled, and straight up bullied out yeah. of the fandom, which are entirely deserved. Uh, this one bothers me the most, as whenever people think of fairies, they automatically label them as zoo files. I don't blame them, after all. It's just and the fact that it's the only thing the media focuses on. For we think we're animals. No, we realize we're humans. We're just exaggerating our traits <laughs> to match our original characters. Um, or he, as he puts it practice, an OC. Uh, anyway, that's been misconceptions cleared up. In my own personal experience, though, there's a few things that furries do that you may need to know. Uh, we LARP. A live-action roleplay and uh, roleplay digitally. It's what we do. Mm. We're mostly a wholesome bunch at time. It can get cringy. However, we do love each other. Like Luke and Ollie said, it's a lot of snuggles. We're all unique in our own ways. Um, my case may be different from the next fairies, but in the end, we're a community that bands together in rough times we experience. I love your lads' open-mindedness towards this, and I thank you for giving me the platform to express my thoughts and hopefully change people's negative perceptions of the community. Also, if you're interested, I've included some art of my character. You know the one that I got bullied for? His name is Hart. Thank you very much. This has been your Luchafer. Oh, hey. Luchador. So that oh, is... Oh, that's cute. It's kind of like a baby blue dog like gryffindor thing yeah Gryffin thing with, i wouldn't with have said wings. i wouldn't have said dog i think it's more cat like um mm. in this image uh heart has only got one arm i oh yeah is that intentional i it's, i'm getting care bear vibes is what i'm getting mm. um so uh i've i've also got a picture up of lola bunny from space jam <laughs> Just for Luke to have a look at. Yes, that is a, a photo of her bent very suggest, uh, very suggestively. That's in the movie. It is in the movie. Well, they also gave her boobs in the movie as well. Yeah. They gave her bunny boobies. Um, the BuzzFeed article was then compared that to an actual rabbit. <laughs> You're right. I'm not into the rabbit. Uh, but there's just a... Oh, we do need to start the... Okay, well, this is just a whole article on sexy cartoon animal characters. Wow. So, Ollie's not going to get orange- a lot of work done the this afternoon. The Orangina Giraffe. Never heard of it. But the advert effectively has her breastfeeding <laughs> 19-year-old man, some Orangina. And she's wearing high heels. Look at that. I, oh, I can see. Roxanne, a goofy movie. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah Roxanne yes. in a goofy movie. It's, because it's... the dress slips over the shoulder a lot. Yes. Yeah. I was a man who came of age, went off the shoulder dresses, you came were of age. all the rage amongst uh, my peers. So I'd always, Minerva Mink. Animate. From Animaniacs. We've, we've probably got to get started <laughs> with the the show, um, Larry the Lobster, Spongebob Squarepants. I never watched Spongebob. Not my taste. Cleo, Pinocchio, that's just a fish. That's just a fish, mate. That'd be weird. Oh, wow. Uh, don't like her. <laughs> Sandy, mm, she's a bit too childish. I think it's because she's wearing a bikini. Yeah, but oh, I mean, you know, everyone's got their Tasmanian she devil. 
Ugh, no. That would basically be like, oh, I fancy uh, Bugs Bunny when he puts on makeup and dresses like Girl Bunny. Angie from Shark Shark Tale. Because it looks like Angie and Jonah. Yeah, she's got massive lips. Said lips, folks. She she does have massive N- lips. No, I know. I was just in case people misheard you. Uh, okay, nearly finished this. Mousy galore, Pinky in the brain. I saw um, Chippendale Rescue right. Rangers that you skipped past. And there we go. There's, There's the... my girl. But she she she's not. Hmm. I don't like that picture. <laughs> it's the Cadbury's Caramel Bunny. Okay, well, we've got to talk about... We've got to do the actual live show now. Yeah, which almost feels redundant at this point. But anyway, we've got to do, we've got to talk about it anyway. I know the next YouTube channel I'm in. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back with the last ever Smackdown review on a Wednesday. Wow. As the show will be moving to Fridays. Hey, Impact's moving to Tuesday. Maybe we'll start doing weekly Impact reviews. Don't count on it, though. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.